The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. There we go. Okay, now start the clock. Awesome. I'm excited to get into this. Uh, you know, it's like I always say, it's, a, it's an honor, it's a blessing, you know, to be able to get up and share what God is doing in my life and what he's been speaking to me about this idea of celebrating the new that he's done in, in you and, and in me. And honestly, for most of my life, celebrating has been something that just didn't come easily, at least celebrating the good things of what God was doing in my life. You know, I spent a lot of my time kind of just grieving and mourning over the, the loss, over the pain, over the, the guilt and the shame and the regret that I had for the things that I'd done in my life. And, and so God's been taking me on this journey recently of, of kind of not celebrating my failures and instead celebrating the new life that he has brought in me and the new things that he's doing, doing in me. Um, you know, there's a, there's a verse in Isaiah 51 and it says, remember the pit from which you were dug. And, and I would confuse that verse. I've had that verse confused my whole life because what I would remember about the pit is how gross it was. And I would put that back onto myself. And what that verse is saying is to remember not how bad you were and how bad things, but to remember what, how bad it was and to remember what God has brought you out of. Not to go back and to wallow inside of it. And so that was something uh, that I would do a lot. I would have this kind of this, this cloak of mourning, this, you know, uh, this wearing this grieving um, on myself. And it's, uh, and it's so, it was so, it's so like even something that God is breaking me out of even now. Because as I was getting ready to preach, getting ready to speak and everything, I had my clothes set out, you know, the night before. And I was like, okay, cool. I got everything ready. And had the black pants. Like those are classy. Always a good choice. And then the shirt that I had set out last night was a solid black polo. And I realized, man, I can't get up there and talk about celebrating something new dressed like I'm going to a funeral. <laughs> and so it still is a process. God's still working on me. And so if y'all want to help buy me some colorful shirts, I'm a 2XL, okay? Um, I can't promise I'll wear them, but I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm still in that process, still in that transition of changing those negative habits, those negative patterns of viewing myself, viewing God, and viewing others, into celebrating something new. And so... Um, a key verse that's really stood out to me recently is in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 11 through 12, and it says, <clears throat> when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now, when I was five years old, I was sitting down for lunch one day, and my mom brings out the lunch, and I'm looking out the window, and I notice the sun is shining, and it's raining at the same time. And I'm thinking, that is so bizarre. And as my mom sets down my lunch, I said, Mom, what is that? And she says, it's a casserole. And so I remember thinking, that is the weirdest thing. Like, the sun is shining, it's raining, and it's a casserole. And so I remember going to kindergarten, and I'm getting my lunch tray, go up to the lunch lady, and I was like, what's for lunch, lunch lady? And she says, it's a casserole. And I, like, I was like, well, my mom told me that a casserole is when the sun is shining and the rain is coming down. She just looked at me like, you are the weirdest kid. You want to just take your casserole and move on. And so ever since then, whenever somebody talks about casserole, I get really tight in the chest. My stomach starts to turn. I'm like, my whole reality, man, like, what is a casserole? But there was a, just a huge misunderstanding that I had of what that was. And I think that in the same way, I've spent a lot of my life with the really 
you know, gross misunderstanding of God's love and what it means and what it's for. And if you read through 1 Corinthians 13, that whole chapter is talking about God's love and how it functions and how it works and what it looks like and what it means and what it's for. And so what God is doing for me is he's taking this childish understanding, this self-focused understanding of his love that I've had that was so focused on celebrating my failure, celebrating my weakness, and he's shifting it to this place where, where you know, it's, when it talks about, you know, becoming a man, it's not just for men, you know, it's what it's talking about is maturing and maturing in our understanding of God's love, of what, what this whole chapter 13 was talking about, it is talking about. And so God is shifting me and changing the way that I think, the way that I view myself, others, and God himself from this childish, self-focused way of living into something even greater, something where I'm able to understand and able to celebrate the goodness that God has um, in my life. And that's what he wants to do for us this morning and in our lives is to move us away from the, the childish, self-focused, immature way of living and where we, where, where we, would, we magnify our weakness. We magnify the things that are wrong in the world. And we, we, when we magnify and we do that, we're basically celebrating them. And so what God is wanting to do is to shift us from magnifying and celebrating the failures in our lives, the pain in our lives, and even the, the terror of the world where we want to we magnify that to magnifying his goodness, to magnifying his love, to magnifying and celebrating the new life that he has given us. And so the, the process for that has been basically for me is, is to take the spotlight off of myself Right? And so God has brought me to a place where he, he's asking me to cancel the pity party, right? And he's asking me to cancel the pity party and to instead start having a victory party where I'm celebrating the new that he's doing inside of me and in me and through me and around me. And, you know, I'm learning this in a, in a major way this year where there's been different hurdles and different things that I've had to face. And, you know, Pastor Andy talked last week about those boulders up the steep hills. And there's been hurdles and boulders and steep hills in my life that, that I've had put there that I've had to figure out how to push up and to, to handle and to, to move through. And I could have done what I would do in the past, which is to wallow in my regret, to wallow in my shame, to feel sorry for myself, and to do all of those things and to, you know, be like, well, God loves me. I'm still a son. Praise God. But what God is doing in me now is he's shifting that spotlight from myself and I'm, I'm, I'm submitting it to him and seeing what he would highlight and what he's highlighting in my life as I learn and grow from putting away these childish ways of doing things is the other people in my life. You know, he's highlighting my wife, my kids, my community group, the, the people in my real estate team that I'm, that I'm a part of. There's all these people in my life that need to see me in, in the midst of my mistakes, in the midst of, midst of my shortcomings and my failures, to see me celebrating the goodness of God in my life, rather than just wallowing and going down the same old path, the same old way of doing things, celebrating my weakness, celebrating my pain and what I've done wrong. And so maybe you're in here too this morning, and you're beat up, and you're torn down by the mistakes that you've made, by the different things that have happened in your life, and you probably, maybe you feel that you're back in the pit, Maybe you feel like, man, like nothing has changed. I'm back at square one. Well, I want to tell you this morning that that's not the case. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you're, if you're clothed in the, the, the identity that he died for you to have that we've been talking so much about this morning, if you're walking in that, then you are farther along than you realize. That God has brought you from this pit 
That God has brought you from the pigsty that you were in, and there's no reason to go and to start getting all of that stuff back on. And that you're farther along than you realize, and you have the resources and the tools and everything you need in order to overcome these hurdles, these obstacles. And so be encouraged this morning that as dark as your life may feel, as much shame and embarrassment as you may be having, as, as stressed out and terrified about the world as you may be, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Right? And what God has given you is the ability to be able to overcome these things and to be able to walk in, a, in such a way that even the people that you've hurt the deepest, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, there's people that my mistakes have affected in a real way, and there's people in your life that your mistakes have affected in a real way. And what they need to see more than you just feeling sorry and wallowing and being in remorse and grieving and mourning is they need, you to, need to see you celebrate the identity that God has for you, to celebrate what he's done in your life, and, to, and not in an arrogant and a boastful way, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Because Jesus tells a really awesome parable um, in Luke 15. Um, uh, oh, I need my phone. I'm so sorry. I just realized I need to get that up. <laughs> in Luke 15, uh, starting in chapter 11. Sorry, guys. I, was, I had this up. It's right here. Here we go. Uh, starting in chapter 11. I didn't want to have my phone in my pocket because I don't want to be distracted if it rings, and I forgot that I needed it. So uh, Luke chapter 11, uh, sorry, chapter 15, verse 11. And so we'll read it here, and if you don't, it's, uh, it's on the screen, but if you have your Bible, it's a lot of verses, so pull out your phone if you want to follow along, but I'll read it. Uh, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son gathered to, or got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields, his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And we'll pause there, because this story resonates with me in a lot of ways, for my, just my journey of knowing God and walking with God. And in the past when I would read this, I never liked that part in verse 19, where he says, make me a servant, right? Because in my mind, like, man, I, I want to be a son. Like, I, I want to be loved. I want the, if we read the rest of the story, we will. I want the robe, I want the ring, I want the sandals, I want all these good things. I don't really want to be a servant. And what God is showing me in, in the midst of going from, uh, you know, changing from these childish ways of living and thinking and acting and childish and self-focused ways of, of perceiving and receiving God's love is he's showing me that the whole point and the whole purpose of it all is to be a servant for other people. There's people in my life, there's people in your life who need to see us walk in the stature and the forgiveness and the mercy that God has rather than just feeling sorry for ourselves, rather than just trying to make it seem like we're this martyr, to walk in the joy, to celebrate the goodness that God has for us as a service to other people. And it wasn't until this guy got to a point of being completely bottomed out at rock bottom that he got to a point where he realized, you know what? I'm tired of serving pigs. I'm tired of watching pigs eat better than me. 
I'm going to take what I have left of myself and go and offer it to my father in, in service. And so that's what he got up, and that's what he did. And so, uh, so he got up, went to his father, but while he was, verse 20, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arm around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate, right? There's this celebratory life that God wants us to live because he's brought us out of the mire, out of the pigsty, out of the pit. And he's given us the robe. He's given us the ring. He's given us the sandals to be able to do this, to walk out in the identity that he has for us. Not so that we can just feel good and not feel bad anymore about how, how horrible we were or how bad life was before, but so that we can go in authority and represent God's love in the fullness of it, not in kind of, sort of, but completely and totally, right? And so that's what the, that's just like the son was given the robe, God has given you stature. He's given you influence. When, that, when the son would walk around wearing this robe, he was set apart. And God has set you apart by what he's done for, the, for, for you with Jesus on the cross. He set you apart and made you his son and made you his daughter. And you have influence. You have stature. When you walk into your workplace, when you walk into your home, there's something that is different about you that had nothing to do with what you've done. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. But God gives it to us. When we repent, when we say, I'm tired of wallowing in my grief and in mourning, I want to move. I want to change. I want to be available to other people and to serve them. And he puts this robe on us to give us that stature, to give us that influence, to set us apart. God has given us the, just like, just like the father gave the son uh, shoes and sandals, God has given us the ability to be able to walk this out, to be more efficient, to cover more ground as we represent his love, as we, we walk in this identity as sons and daughters. He's given us the ability to do that, right? Doesn't, and so like we take the boulders, right? Huge boulders, steep hills. We have all of these things, hurdles that we have to jump over from our own doing, from just life, whatever. God has given us the ability to be able to do that. He's given us the ability to be able to push those things up, to jump over those hurdles, and to move forward, and to pursue all that he has called us to. And we have that ring as the authority to be able to represent his love, to be able to come and to show up with stature, with authority, with influence, with the ability to, to handle and to move forward through these hard and tricky times. And that love, that, that ring that represents his love. And so these are all things that are worth celebrating, and there's nothing that we've deserved, nothing that we've earned. And so the, the reason why that we can celebrate is because they're not our own anyway. I know a lot of people who have a hard time celebrating. They have a hard time really walking out and, and enjoying and being grateful for what God has done in them because they feel like it's prideful. And that is the most foolish thing you can think. Why? Because you didn't do anything to get the robe. You didn't do anything to get the ring. You didn't do anything to put the shoes on your feet. They're gifts from God that he's given to you, not so you can feel sorry for yourself, not so you can kind of hide it and say, oh, I don't want to be prideful. No, get up and celebrate. Walk in the mercy and the forgiveness that God has for you. Enjoy it. Live it out because there's desires and there's skills and there's gifts that God has put in you that when you start to walk them out, 
You're going to come alive. You're going to love it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And there's going to be people who are going to see how you went from a pit, how you went from a pigsty, and you got clothed with the righteousness of God. You got the robe. You got the ring. You got the sandals. And you're moving forward. And guess what that will do for them? It'll give them hope. It'll show them that as disgusting as their life is, as scary as the world may be, as, pain, as much pain as they might be carrying for what's happened to them, that there's hope for forgiveness, that there's hope for healing. So put on the robe, put on the ring, put on the sandals, and celebrate. Start reflecting that. Start letting it happen. It's okay to celebrate. It's okay. It's not prideful. There's nothing arrogant about it. And, and, and if you read the rest of the story, I'll wrap up here. I'm probably like really good on time. Yep, that's good. Cool. Uh, if you read the rest of the story, right, uh, it goes on to talk about how the older son was indignant. He was frustrated. He, was, he, was, um, he didn't like the fact that this wasteful loser brother suddenly came back, was given a ring, was given a robe and given sandals, and they were celebrating him. He was really frustrated by that. And I think that, you know, a key part in that for, for those of us who are coming out of a painful trial, a painful situation, something where there's some embarrassing things that have happened, I think that, you know, the whole perspective that the son had at that point was to be a servant. And so when we're moving forward in these different things that we have in our lives, to realize that the people in our lives, they might not like that, they might think that it's not right, and that's, I think that it takes a lot of humility to be able to move forward and to earn that trust and to earn that respect back with people and to, to not be um, flippant and, uh, you know, kind of arrogant about it. Like, I've heard people before say, well, I'm forgiven. Like, people have hurt me the deepest. Be like, well, I'm forgiven, so that's all that there is. And I'm just like, okay, well, that sucks for me because I'm still pretty beat up by this and just totally flippant about it. And so as we move forward in this stature, this identity with the robe and the ring and the sandals, is to move forward in humility and of, in, a, in a mindset of being a servant to those people in our lives. How can I serve you in a, in a high level? And even if they get, you know, kind of they start throwing elbows and things like that, don't put the spotlight on yourself. Don't put it back on yourself on what you're trying to do or what you've done and, and how hard life is because of the mistakes that you made. Let, let that spotlight stay on them and stay connected in that identity and that, that authority and, and that relationship that you have with God to say, God, how can I serve these people that I've hurt, that are hurting me back. How can I do this? What does this look like? How, what is, how, what, in what way does this robe and this ring and, and these sandals come into play with serving this person? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to pray and we'll kind of wrap up. God, <clears throat> Lord, I thank you so much, God, for just the new life that you've given me. God, the new life that you've given all of us, God. And Lord, I pray, Father, this morning that you would allow us to be able to take on the robe, to take on the ring, to take on the sandals, God, and to change the way that we've thought about your love and to put it into your hands, God, and to refocus uh, the, the, the spotlight off of ourselves onto the people around us, God, and that we would just walk in the celebration of life that you've given us and in service to others. And we thank you for it, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.